You see them often, maybe every day, maybe far less often. They open your car doors at carpool. They wave hello as you drive in. They teach classes, they coach, advise, they lead, they write, they inspire. They keep the facilities humming, the bills paid, the food served hot and delicious, and so much more. But how much do we really know about each other? Everyone here at Shadyside Academy has a story, and in learning other stories, we can create a more connected and inclusive community. I'm Chad Green, Dean of Student and Residential Life at the Senior School. And I'm Lauren Lieberman, Director of College Counseling. Welcome to Beyond Hello, a podcast production bringing you stories from the people who shape our community. Okay, Lauren, so we just we just finished our interview with Karen DeFiori. What stood out to you? Um, I really, I really enjoyed talking with Karen. I have had the, the privilege of watching her through my parent lens as the PE teacher for my own children and being able to hear the way that she thinks about her role. And when she started to talk about the role of PE now versus maybe when she started or when she was a student, to think about PE as, as not just a break, that physical activity is actually beneficial, obviously, to, to the brain, to the way that students are able to conceptualize themselves in their bodies as little kids, as fourth and fifth graders, as middle school students, high school and beyond. And I really loved the way that she was able to capture PE as not just a break, not just for fun. I mean, wow, she really is all about the fun, but how she's able to take something that she philosophically believes is best for kids and work in the fun, the activities, the technology, and kind of tie it all together in a way that just makes kids want to follow her. I think she said when she walked into the gym at Shadyside, the kids looked at her like she was a superhero. And I believe that that is absolutely true probably every day. What about you, Todd? What did you like? Well, it, it turns out, I think, that she actually is a superhero. We, I mean, because not only has she... And she really models in her own personal life. She models what she's trying to teach and bring to the young people or young kids at at the junior school. You know, I was just struck. She she talked about the racer Rachel Carson Trail Challenge, which is a you know a, a, a thirty five mile hike slash run. Um, she talked about wanting eventually to be the ninety five year old super fit person that we all see covered on the nightly news, you know whether it 's running or playing ping pong or just out there staying active and, and being fit and she certainly you know i think she she models she models that throughout her life um, so that was that those were the things that I think really stood out to me i I was also just struck by the metaphors that she talked about in terms of having this really in, in running uh, trail, trail runs, just having to slow down and really take things like one step at a time instead of always constantly getting ahead of yourself and not worrying about mile 18 when you're at mile 11, but really just worrying about your next step. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah I, think, I think she is well on her way to being that person on the news that she sees herself as working towards. I can see a day where she is the 95-year-old fittest, 
funnest gym teacher in all the land. Yeah, well, I hope that our listeners enjoy uh, getting to know Karen a little bit better. Hello, it's great to be here this morning. We are recording again from home during this coronavirus time where we're all at home. But given that we've had a couple weeks under our belt, we are feeling like these headphones are just part of our being now on Zoom. We are so happy to have uh, Karen DeFiore here with us as the guest for episode four. Welcome to Beyond Hello, Karen. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Um, I I am the phys ed teacher at the junior school. I like to say I bring the fun. I teach the best class um, in the best classroom, the gym. (laughs) Well, as a parent of two students at the junior school, I can concur. Uh, You are creating a class that kids really love to do. Tell us a little bit about how you how you got to Shady Side. How did you end up in this role? How long have you been here? What led you to this spot right now? I have been at Shady Side for 13 years, and my journey here it was the best accident that's ever happened to me in my professional career. I taught in Pittsburgh Public Schools for 13 years, and then I took nine years off to raise my family. And so I had officially retired from Pittsburgh Public Schools at a young age um, when I got a phone call from a friend of mine at Shadyside, and they needed a six-week sub in phys ed um, and asked me if I would come out of my retirement to come teach phys ed for six weeks. And my teaching had been in a middle school and a senior school for those 13 years, mainly in a middle school. So I came out of my retirement for six weeks and walked into this gym of amazing, fun little people who looked at me like a superstar and just wanted to play. And that six weeks then turned into a year for a long-term sabbatical replacement. And then that turned into a part-time and then it turned into full-time. So it's just kind of grown from there. And like I said, it was the best accident that has ever happened because I absolutely love this community. Yeah. So how, does, how do you see PE and physical education fitting into the life of the school? Um, you know what? I think it's taken on a different role than it was like when I was a kid. Um, it is valued and it, it is seen as important Um, Not only for the kids just to have a break. I'm not just a break. Um, They come, they learn physical skills, but that physical activity also activates their brain and their neurons, which then aids their development in the classroom. And what, what do you like about being at Shadyside right now? What, what is going on now that makes your work feel particularly relevant or makes you feel good about having this role at Shadysides Junior School now? I love the community. I love being um, a part of the community, interacting with them. 
And right now we are doing our distance learning and the Shady Side has figured it out how we can still interact with each other and see each other because it is such a wonderful community. Karen, let's step back a little bit and step away from our, our COVID-19 mindset maybe a little bit. What, what were you like as a student in, um, in elementary school? I mean, given that that's the group of kids that you work with, do you, do you have any um, sort of memories of that time? What were you like as a student at that age? At that age, I loved school. I loved my teachers. Uh, I, loved, I loved everything about school. I walked to school. And yeah. it was during a time where I just had a, I lived a block away. And so I was able to walk home for lunch. And when we did testing, it was in the cafeteria. So we couldn't use the cafeteria for lunch. So we would take people home. We were assigned people to take home for lunch for us. And I love, I came from a really small community, but yeah, my phys ed during that time was not a stellar program. I think I probably had it once a week. It was down in a bomb shelter, <laughs> but I love that too. Yeah. Did you, did you have a particular favorite teacher at that time or, or maybe later on in your educational career that really made a difference for you? I did. Mr. Bear was my third grade teacher and doing math. I feel like this was such a, he was such ahead of his time, but I can remember us bowling in the classroom as we were learning math facts. Like he would just take the desk, push him aside and we would bowl. That was just unique during that time. And so I loved his sense of fun and just how he looked at things differently and interacted with us differently. Yeah, it sounds like he was doing experiential ed before that was a thing, maybe. Right. Yeah. When you think back to your educational kind of the trajectory, was there a time where you felt that you had really failed or you had really, you really questioned yourself? Just during my high school or college, too? College, too, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in high school, I was an average student. School was hard for me. And I was on the college track, so I was taking, you know, trig and physics and all that, and it was really hard for me. So I was an average student, I did okay. But I was always encouraged by my parents that it would be okay, as long as I always did my best like it would be okay, life would turn out okay. So I did make it through high school, went on to college. And in college, I loved taking classes, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I had taken enough credits to pretty much graduate and I still hadn't declared a major. <laughs> so that's the funny thing about how I became a phys ed teacher. My advisor had me take an aptitude test. And the first thing that came on, it was a phys ed teacher and I had never considered it. And luckily, the, I went to Pitt, and luckily Pitt had a health and physical education program. And so I started taking classes, and it was like my aha moment. It was like, this is what I meant to do in life. That's so, so interesting, because I think I've taken one of those, one or two in my time of those aptitude tests, and I don't think I've ever really spoken to somebody who actually ends up doing the thing that, <laughs> that, right. that they, it says you should pursue. Is there anything that you're doing now, just even in the last few years, that, that you never would have imagined yourself doing? Like, are, are you do? I guess, are you exploring, are you somebody that explores sort of new, new hobbies, new opportunities? Is there anything that you're doing right now that you weren't doing just a few years ago? Yes, I 
for different reasons. I was always a runner. And then uh, running on the pavement doesn't work for me anymore. I've had cervical disc surgery. I've had lower back surgery. So the pounding on the pavement doesn't work for me. But I missed it. And so I discovered hiking or trail running. And I started doing that. And so I found the Rachel Carson Trail Challenge and um, started training for it one year without doing it. The next year I did the half, which was 18 miles. Last year I did the full, which was 35 miles. And um, I just feel like I always need a physical challenge in my life, a goal that I'm working towards, or I really miss it. Wow. 35 miles. That's, uh, that's, and, and I, I imagine it's not a uh, flat terrain. Uh, it is not a flat terrain. <laughs> I'm one of those people with my hiking poles out there because they're steep inclines and even harder are the steep uh, declines. declines. Like it's slippery. It, it is, it's a puzzle. And I love it because you kind of have to slow down sometimes and look at it and figure out how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to get up this? How am I going to get down this? And I just love that analogy with life that sometimes it just goes so fast and we just have to slow down and look at it and figure it out like a puzzle. Yeah, I imagine I have some friends, we, we spend time in, in Idaho where there's a really significant ultra marathon community of people and that pursuit is so mental, you know, it's so much about mental toughness on some level. And I, I imagine that it's interesting to hear you talk about slowing down and really looking at it because you, in some ways, it's, I'm sure it's meditative. You, you, have, you can only be in the moment or you get to a place where you're just in the moment and your body is pretty amazing that your body can carry you through those kinds of difficult challenges. Right. And you can't look ahead. Like if you're struggling at mile 11, you can't think, oh my God, I've got, you know, 14 more miles to do. You have to look right. at your next step. Um, yeah. And just look at your journey that way and not look ahead or it becomes overwhelming. It's, re it's really, it's really cool to think about all these metaphors for life and in what, in what you do. As you look forward, even though you can't see what's ahead, um, as you're considering kind of where you are and what's to come, what are two things or a few things that you feel really hopeful for in the future? And maybe what are one or two things that you're, really wrestling with, whether that's at school, whether that's with kids, whether that's for your own self in our world. Um, what are some things that, that you're worried about and see as challenges? And maybe what are a couple of things that you feel hopeful for? One of the things that um, really worries me is technology. I love, because we are at COVID-19 right now, we do have the technology that we can interact, we can stay connected, we can still do school. But it worries me with human connections, especially with kids. I see them with their devices. You know, even when they're with people in the same room or even when I'm doing, you know, some of our virtual learning, you just, that worries me mm -hmm. that we're losing that, mm -hmm. that human touch. But I'm hopeful for that they find a way to balance it, to use it for the good, to use it. I'm always looking for the positive. And, you know, one of my friends laughs at me because we always have this conversation about three wishes. If you had three wishes, what would it be? You know, and I always say to her, world peace. 
She's like, you can't say world peace. I'm like, but that's my biggest hope. Like I want world peace. <laughs> and so I hope technology connects us to the rest of the world and people in different cultures and that somehow we can achieve world peace. Well, Karen, I think it's interesting. I mean, you, you run one of the most popular Instagram feeds for our school. And, uh, you know, I, I know that even over like spring break, families are sending in their videos to you because they want to be on your Instagram. So I, I just think it's interesting and noteworthy that the thing that you feel the most worried about is also the thing that perhaps you have captured and, and built a brand around <laughs> for what you're doing. How did the PE, how did the junior school PE Instagram come to be? Well, I was late to the Instagram world, you know, I'm my age, Facebook, and I started with Instagram personally. And then I saw Ashley Irwin had an art Instagram. And for me, like even though we're in the same building, she is three floors away. So other than the art that's hanging in the hallway, mm -hmm. I don't really get to see it. And through her Instagram, she shows the process because she's all about the process and how the kids make the art. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I want to share our process and what our kids are doing because it's not you have no idea what happens in the gym other than when your kids come home and say like oh we played this game and i loved it yeah um you yeah. don't know the process or see the process or everything that's happening and i thought i want to share what we're doing with all of you so that you see it because i think when we see things we appreciate them more and for me the best thing that came out of my pe Instagram was the connection to yeah. my families and to the parents. I just got to know them better and they got to know me better. So that yeah. was the best thing that has come out of it. I have one, one more on that theme, and this is only because I've gotten to see it as a parent, but I, I've seen that as well in your running of the cross country program at the junior school. And um, though that's not technology oriented, the community that you build around that is uh, something that was really inspiring to, for me to see. Can you talk a little bit about that project? Yeah, I mean, that is like my baby. That's near and dear to my heart. Um, so I was, I was a swimmer. I, you know, I grew up in a small town. We didn't have a lot of sports. I was a swimmer. Again, an accidental runner. When swim season was over, my friends said, well, what are you gonna do? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, well, come out for track. And so I would run and I was like Forrest Gump because my conditioning for swimming, I could run forever. And um, you know, at the end of our preseason, my coach said, you know, had us each write on a note card, what are you going to, what do you want to run? And I said, the 100 yard dash. She looked at me and she's like, Brown, you're not a sprinter. You're a distance <laughs> runner. That was my entry into the running world. And so when I was a freshman, that happened as a freshman, as a sophomore, an upperclassman asked me to run on the boys cross country team because there was no girls team. I was like, I'm not comfortable doing that. Let's start our own girls cross country team. So we did. You know, I loved that opportunity. I loved our team, cross country is a different sport in that we're together. It is community. It is, even though I may be a faster runner than you, I need you for our team to do well. It's not just about me finishing. Mm -hmm. um, so I love for the kids 
that they have to work together. And then as far as the meets, that this isn't the kids get on a bus and go to a meet, that the parents need to bring the kids. And then that extends our community um, because all the parents are there and all the parents are there cheering for every child, even children from other schools, because you know how hard it is and you see them out there trying and struggling. Mm -hmm. So it even extends out into that. So in this little cross country team, it's a little version of world peace mm -hmm. <laughs> as these schools compete against each other and we all come together. Yeah, I see that. I was teary at almost every meet about kids I didn't even know <laughs> coming up these hills because they were so young. They were working so hard, hard towards something and it was just really powerful to see. So um, right. I, I think we're doing a little bit of your part, Karen, to bring, to bring world <laughs> peace. So I think... I think I think you are. What is one goal you have for yourself for the future? You mentioned how kind of goal oriented you are. What is do you have a goal for yourself you'd be willing to share? I do. You know, I love what I do. I love teaching phys ed. I love interacting with these kids and I see myself doing it for a long time. So, if I'm going to be a old phys ed teacher, I need to be a fit phys ed teacher and I need to show them that this is important and it's not just important now in your little eight, nine, 10 year old body. It is important for the rest of your life. And so I really wanna challenge myself physically to stay as fit as possible so that you see me on the news sometime. I'm that 95 year old out <laughs> hiking <laughs> or playing ping pong and they're like, wow, Look at her. How does she do that? That's awesome. Well, I feel like with your son's gym and uh, a very athletic daughter, and I don't know, I don't, I don't think that I've even ever met your husband, but I, I imagine that somewhere there's, he's probably an athlete of some sort as well. So I, I feel like you've got the community around you that's going to make that possible for sure. Yeah. Well, okay. it's been, it's always been important in our family. And so we all do our different things. He bikes, it's just cool. um, an important priority, I think, for all of us. Very cool. Okay, let's shift. We're going to go into our lightning round. These are sort of quick fire questions that hopefully you don't have to think too much about um, to answer. And the first one is, if you're, what's your sort of walkout song? You know, if you were the baseball player and you were going up to bat or you're just getting psyched, is there a particular song that comes to mind that you want to walk out to? I'm going to say... We are the champions. Nice. I feel like walking in, you have to be thinking that. You have to have that mindset. And walking out, I always say, win or lose, if you have tried your absolute best, I'm still a champion. So Great. that would be my walkout. Walk in and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like it. Did, do you have a favorite food or maybe a particular favorite uh, restaurant spot in Pittsburgh? Um, my favorite food is pizza and I love, but good pizza and a variety of pizza. Like it could be, you know, thick crust, thin crust, wood fired. It would have to be a variety, but my favorite, um, decadent meal would be, and of course I'm not gonna be able to think of the name of it, but it's in the strip and it's gnocchi in a mm. bread bowl. It's like, how many more carbs could you get? And I would <laughs> not like once a year. <laughs> 
That sounds, is my meal. That sounds really good though. How about a, a, maybe a book that you've read recently and enjoyed? Uh, I read Washington Black and it was a great book. It was, the genre was historical fiction, which is my favorite. How neat. And what's one thing you've changed your mind about? That I don't always know best and that I have to be open um, and take the time again to really see, hear, and listen to other people and what they're saying. That's a really good one. And last one, what's your secret weapon or your superpower? My secret weapon or superpower would be my fun, my sense of humor and just my desire to have fun uh, with everybody I'm around. Totally. I think you've, you've, you've nailed that one for sure. And we see it every day. So the final question, and we ask this of all of our, our, our interviews, what is one actionable personal challenge for our listeners? What is something you challenge us to do to better this community? I would say be open uh, to new things, uh, to meeting new people, joining new groups. I think sometimes we stay in our safe zones with things that are familiar to us or people that are familiar to us. And Shadyside has so much to offer uh, with a variety of activities, people, um, and just be open to joining new parts of our community. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you man. for sharing. Thank you for bringing your fun and openness to us and to everyone else. Thanks for yeah, doing Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond Hello. There's no greater way for us to understand one another in our worlds than to connect through our stories and experiences. Be sure to check out the highlights and details from each conversation in the episode notes. You can also drop us a line at beyondhellopodcast at gmail.com to share your thoughts and ideas with us. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all who have helped us with this project, including, but not limited to, James Knox for his technical production expertise, Chase Maybald, Shadyside Class of 2018, and Mason Tomlin, Shadyside Class of 2020 for music production, Nancy Wang, Shadyside Class of 2021 for our artwork, and the countless hosts of various podcasts that have inspired us to step up and create one of our own. I'm Lauren Lieberman. And I'm Chad Green. And we thank you sincerely for going with us beyond hello.